Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Ryan. Three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rocktail Hour is an affiliate of Amazon.com. If you're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway, it would be cool if you would first click on the Amazon.com link on the Rocktail Hour homepage or affiliates page. And Amazon will kick a few bucks back to Rocktail Hour to help fund the free podcast. Today, Tim is going to bring us the story behind Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. Tim? Thanks, Ryan. Eleanor Rigby is a great song. Uh, but Eleanor Rigby was not the original title of the song. Does really. anybody want to know what it was? Or does anybody want to guess what it was? Hey, Jude. No. <laughs> hey, Jude. Smart Alec. <laughs> so you all know that uh, the original title of, or the working title of yesterday was what? Something and eggs. Scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. Right. Yeah. You know, so he's singing along, scrambled eggs, na, 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 na. So, just, just to make the mu- just so they could record the music? Well, no, just so that you know he could write the music and and later come up with some right, lyrics right, that's for what it. I mean, yeah. Right, yeah. So take a guess at what Eleanor Rigby was. Same thing, huh? No. Scrambled eggs and bacon. <laughs> no <laughs> bacon. Miss Daisy Hawkins oh. was the original title. And then later, and this is I love this. Paul McCartney would sing the words Ola Natungi, blowing his mind in the dark with a pipe full of clay. <laughs> Oh gosh, <laughs> that's a, those are some great lyrics, and and maybe the song wouldn't have would have been totally different, but uh, had he had he sung those lyrics instead of Eleanor Rigby, uh, but um, ultimately came up with uh, the name Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby came from two different uh, sources. The name Eleanor comes from an actress whose name was Eleanor Braun, and she had starred in the Beatles um, in Help early on, and she was you know. Apparently, quite a, a prolific actor in, in in British television over the years. Um, and as I go back and I look her up on IMDb, she was in a handful of, of movies, but you know was a, a real working sort of character actress in in England uh, for many years, forty years in in British television. And then the name Rigby comes from the name of a store in Bristol, England, Rigby and Evans Limited Wine and Spirit Shippers. Uh, which uh, Paul had noticed when he was um, dating this girl named Jane Asher at the time. Hmm. So uh, anyway, there's some debate uh, uh, apparently among the Beatles as as to who wrote the song. It's it's obviously it's credited to Lennon and McCartney, but there's some some varying uh, stories about who contributed what. And Lennon is is quoted as saying in around 1971 that he had written a good portion of the lyrics. Paul McCartney says he he did help out, but hmm. he contributed a bit. And he said, to be fair, I'll say it's 80-20 uh, with 80% to me. And so there's there's really? no real – but apparently all of the Beatles contributed something. Uh, George Harrison is uh, attributed to coming up with – the line "Ah, look at all the lonely people," which <laughs> okay. is you know, which is George. the hook. Really, yeah, exactly. you know, that's yeah. that's the great opening of the song. This is another interesting fact about the story: um, is that none of the Beatles actually played any of the instruments for the song. You're kidding? No, um, they contributed to some of the vocals, but it's primarily Paul McCartney singing, obviously. Uh, but the rest of it's all strings. There aren't any guitars oh, or drums okay. or anything. So none of the Beatles played any of the music, which subsequently made it very difficult to play live. And they never played it live. Oh, really? And they never played Eleanor Rigby live. 
until wow. 2002, um, Paul McCartney in his Back in the U.S. tour played the song without strings and used a keyboard to sort of compensate and and, and take their place. Huh, so cool. that amazes me that it one is. of the great you know Beatles songs of all times was yep. never played live by the Beatles. That's incredible. And, but they wrote the the string arrangements and everything for well, it. Well, you know George Martin, who was really the fifth Beatle. Yeah. Um, it took care of all of the arrangements Ranging, based okay. on you know based on the theme that Paul McCartney had written and and um, so George Martin was a genius you know he he deserves every bit as much of the credit for the success of the Beatles as Brian Epstein and and the Beatles themselves you know he was just incredible and without and and the things that he could do in in the studio you know they would have been a great band but they wouldn't um, have been as great in my mind as as they were was he with them from the beginning uh the early days gosh i don't know i i think so Just curious because the know, sound I, changed so much i just wonder if that sound changing was his influence i want to say yes he was but i can't say definitively that he was but you know as they moved more into the more serious albums you know they they were obviously sort of a skiffle rock uh band a lot of party and dance music in the very beginning, and then and then their music took sort sort of a more serious note, and and Eleanor Brigby really sort of notes one of the the first occasions or, or you know where they really took a serious subject, set it to a, basically a rock and roll song, and some of the fans were you know were a little surprised that you know the Beatles were singing about such a serious subject about loneliness and death and people who who you know were basically loveless. Um. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney says he wasn't sure what the song was going to be about until he came up with the line, picks up the rice in a church where the wedding has been. That's when he came, he says that's when he came up with the story of an odd, old, lonely woman. And the lyrics, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door, are a reference to cold cream that she keeps in an effort to look younger, which I don't think really warrants an explanation. I think, obviously, you know, anybody hearing that lyric understands it, but what a great sort of poetic and lyrical way to describe uh, that person. You almost feel like you understand and know Eleanor Rigby just based on on the description of, of that line. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I thought she literally had a face in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like my grandma had her teeth occasionally. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm, Father, not sure, I'm not sure I ever even realized that wasn't true until you just said that. So, <laughs> Father McKenzie was originally supposed to be Father McCartney, but but uh, Paul thought his, his dad literally felt that his dad might think that was a little strange. So he changed it to McKenzie. Which is really interesting because um, somebody found out later on that there's actually a gravestone for an Eleanor Rigby in St. Peter's Churchyard in Woolton, England, which is a suburb of Liverpool. Lennon and McCartney um, first met there at St. Peter's Church, and they actually hung out and and spent afternoons just kind of um, hanging out and talking in, in the in the cemetery. And so McCartney actually says, oh, well, let me finish. And not only is there uh, a gravestone for Eleanor Rigby, uh, but there's another gravestone nearby that has the word Mackenzie oh, really? written on it. And uh, McCartney flatly denies that he was inspired by these two gravestones where he and John Lennon hang out in this cemetery. But he also concedes that it's possible that subconsciously 
he remembered it. But um, again, you know, the song started out as Miss Daisy Hawkins. And so he says it could be a, a direct subconscious correlation, but he doesn't remember, you know, seeing those. Regardless of, of whether that's really what happened or not, I, th- I think that's an interesting story. Yeah, cool. Obviously, the, the story is, a, is about um, a lonely old woman and, and lonely Father Mackenzie and the fact that they, they know each other and that the only person that shows up to Eleanor Rigby's funeral is Father Mackenzie, and it really sort of ends on a, on a dark note. McCartney says he, he didn't know and couldn't decide how to end the song. And then somebody finally suggested that the two lonely people come together too late as Father Mackenzie conducts Eleanor Rigby's funeral. And actually, John Lennon was opposed to this idea. He rejected it. But McCartney didn't really say anything, and and he ended up writing the verse, and that's actually what they ended up recording. Because we always like to bring this up, uh, Rolling Stone rates this as uh, number 138 on their list of 500 greatest songs. This song is really... um, I think a, a great example of how Lennon and McCartney came together, and and regardless of how much either of them wrote, I think it's a, a great example of their um, incredible wordsmith. The way that they could um, use an economy of words to to say things that were to me in in a lot of cases were very profound. They didn't use big words, and they and they weren't really superfluous in their in their writing, but. You know, when they when they put together a song, um, it it had a big impact, and especially on some of these more serious songs, as they started to take that direction from being more of a of a pop band yeah. into a serious sit down and listen to this to this song and think about it kind of band. And um, of all of the lyrics that, that Lennon McCartney wrote, I think these are the most poetic and the most lyrical, and I think they mm-hmm. they're very descriptive and beautiful. This song uh, won a Grammy in 1966. Uh, it was the Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Pop Vocal Performance by a Male, and it was awarded to to Paul McCartney, which is interesting to me because, um, again, the band wasn't playing uh, the music on this, and so maybe they felt, maybe the, the Grammys felt like, you know, this was really just Paul McCartney's song. Uh-huh. And it's interesting, you know, because you attribute it to the Beatles, but... Um, just like the White Album, where in, in many cases, most of the Beatles weren't in the recording studio at the same time, you know, as they were recording their songs and each of them kind of uh, wrote their own songs and then went in and, and actually hired musicians to come in and, and lay down the tracks because they really couldn't spend any more time with each other as they were recording that album. Uh, not so in this case, but it was a very similar situation where McCartney, uh, with Lennon's help, wrote this great song and then they scored it with with instruments that none of the Beatles played and turned out to be you know a wonderful wonderful song it was off of the revolver album and uh that's my favorite beatles album is it yep not necessarily my favorite but certainly some beautiful songs off of that i even have it in vinyl well there you go no kidding yeah can i borrow it maybe (laughs) (laughs) um when it was released as a single um want to take a guess on what the opposite side was this blows my mind by the way, where you've got an, a side A and a side B. Taxman. No. Lovely Rita Meter Maid. Nope, that's off of Sergeant Pepper's. Uh, Yellow Submarine. Huh. Can you imagine two? Yeah, totally Two of different. the greatest songs ever written. But totally different Beatles yeah, songs. Totally yeah, totally different wow. Beatles songs. 
but two of the greatest songs ever written, side A and side B of the same 45. You know, that that really, in my mind, epitomi- it epitomizes the Beatles. You know, that, that they have these two great songs, and you can have these singles, and they're all on, on one record. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, not sure that this is my favorite song, but it ranks right up there by the Beatles. I love I love the Beatles. As I'm the one that normally does the, the podcast about the Beatles and try to throw one in as often as I can. But I love this song. And I wouldn't rank it as my number one Beatles song, but I would put it in the top five um, just because of the imagery and, and the emotion that it evokes. I think that it's um, a great uh, showpiece for um, Paul McCartney's voice. Which, by the way, when Paul McCartney originally recorded this, he didn't think he'd done a very good job, and he was really displeased with with the effort and thought that it was going to turn out badly. But he says, he says when he heard the final version, he he was pleased with it, and over the years, he's come to really think that he'd done a very good job on that. And you know, typically that sounds like you're patting yourself on the back, but if you're bit. Paul McCartney, yeah. away. <laughs> if you're Paul McCartney and that's successful, and you feel like you've done a good job, well, then go ahead and say it, you know, because I'm listening. So there you go. That's all I have. All right, thanks, Tim. You can listen to a clip from the song on iTunes by clicking on the album link on the Rock Tell Hour website. Please email us at dudes at rocktellhour.com if you think we got it all wrong, if you have an interesting rock tale of your own, or if you have a recommendation of a song that you think would be a good subject for Rock Tell Hour. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and rate us on iTunes. Until the next Rock Tell Hour, rock on. Rock on.